Independent retail business can mean so many things these days. A brick and mortar store, an e-commerce business, a maker's online shop, a booth at an antique mall, and more. No matter which category you're in, Kathy Cruz, a fellow retail business owner and retail educator, will teach you how to market and manage your business efficiently so you can spend time doing other things you love. Welcome to the Savvy Shopkeeper Podcast. Welcome to Episode 6 of the Savvy Shopkeeper Retail Podcast. I'm your host, Kathy Cruz, and the first thing I want to say is do not ignore this episode based on the title. I completely understand that most people don't like to talk about taxes, but it's a necessity and I want to help you be successful in this aspect of your business. Before I start today's episode, I want to take a moment at the beginning of every episode to give a special shout out to a fellow shopkeeper who leaves a podcast review. This will always be brief as I'm continuing my mission to keep these episodes around 20 minutes, but today's reviewer is a little special, so this may take a little bit longer, but I promise I'll keep it as brief as possible. Lisa Brydenbaker of Brydenbaker Designs, and of course, I'll link her website in the show notes. She left this review. Kathy delivers a great podcast filled with so much info on business. Lisa goes on to say in the review, I couldn't wait to subscribe to her podcast, and I'm looking to all that Kathy has to offer. I really appreciated Lisa's review, but what I appreciate more is Lisa's support of the Savvy Support Fund. She is truly the fund's biggest supporter since day one. If you aren't familiar with the Savvy Support Fund, and I'll link it in the show notes as well, it's a special fund where 5% or a designated dollar amount of Savvy Shopkeepers online sales, and this includes group membership payments, all of this money gets contributed to a special account dedicated to helping support camaraderie and education for Savvy Shopkeepers. So far with the fund, we've been able to host a meetup in Ohio. I was able to help fund an Instagram workshop. I was able to send a shopkeeper to the Retail Success Summit in Michigan. And I shouldn't say I, it's really we because it's a big group effort. And now another shopkeeper gets to attend the Business Boutique Conference in Nashville, Tennessee with a VIP ticket. Immediately after we launched the support fund, Lisa offered to design a necklace specifically for the fund. She sold items in her own shop and then donated a portion of those sales to the fund. She'll walk into my store and hand me an envelope with cash and tell me that it's for the fund. And it's amazing. And I'm so grateful for it. And I think as a community, we should all really be grateful for her. She recently came into the store I co-own with my sister, and she told me she's again donating a portion of her sales. I think it's from the holiday season or something coming up to contribute once again to the Savvy Support Fund. The fund means a lot to me. The mission means even more. And Lisa truly embodies the type of shopkeeper that the fund is meant to support. So I just want to make sure I give her a special shout out and say thank you. I'll be sure to link her website in the show notes and the Savvy Support Fund um, and all that good stuff. But thank you, Lisa. I really, really appreciate everything you do. Okay, let's get started on episode six. We're approaching the end of 2019, and with the new year comes prepping for our tax appointments or filings. I hear so many shopkeepers say they push off bookkeeping and tax responsibilities, and this is scary to me, so I want to give you some helpful tips and habits so you aren't scrambling or, worse yet, delinquent or getting audited. 
As always, I want to add a disclaimer. Every business, every city, region, state is completely different. It seems like even down to, you know, municipalities, everyone has their own set of rules when it comes to taxes. This episode is not about educating you on which taxes you are required to pay. I definitely recommend, you know, talking to a consultant or a, um, a professional about that. It really is individual, but it's more about how to set up good practices and habits. Some of the taxes you as a shopkeeper might pay include this list. And I was kind of surprised at how many taxes some shopkeepers have to pay. But there's property taxes, particularly if you own your building. But I also found out that in New York City, it sounds like if you have a brick and mortar store, you still have to pay property taxes, even if you don't own the building. I don't know for sure if that's correct. There are personal property taxes. There's income taxes. There's unemployment and payroll tax. Of course, if you have employees, there's self-employment tax, there's sales taxes. I could go on and on. I was surprised at how many taxes there are. And some shopkeepers, I mean, have a list of like 10 types of taxes that they have to pay. Luckily in Ohio, we don't have that much, but again, every state is different. So here's my list of 10 tips to set yourself up for success with taxes. Number one, set up a separate bank account for taxes. I know this may sound strange. You have one account. It's usually operating expense. Everything comes out of that account. But I like to create an additional account specifically for taxes. Personally, I have a sales tax account and an IRS tax account. And the reason I do this is it ensures that when it's time for me to pay those taxes, the money is in each account and I don't have to worry about where I'll get the funds. And since I mentioned the Savvy Support Fund at the beginning of this episode, even this fund in my Savvy Shopkeeper business has its own account. Okay, so number two, make a decision about bookkeeping once and for all. Uh, For the love of all things, stop putting this off. If you think you can handle this task, do it or take an online lesson so that you can learn how to do it. But if you hate the numbers and bookkeeping or you just don't get it, hire someone. Get over your fear of being judged. I often hear Danielle. She is the owner of Kickstart Accounting here in Cleveland, Ohio, And we're in several Facebook groups together. And I always hear her talk about how clients that, you know, potentially book her or even the clients that do book her always express this fear about being judged. And she always says, we are not here to judge you. We're here to help you run your business and improve your numbers. So just be prepared to, I guess, ask for help if you need it. You know, really sit back and think if you're struggling that bad, if you put off the bookkeeping, if you just don't understand it, if you think you're making mistakes, go ahead and hire someone if you need to. I say it's better to be judged than audited, right? Okay, so number three, prepay taxes if you can. No matter what you are paying, prepaying is a good practice and it offers peace of mind. Um, For instance, I prepay IRS taxes quarterly. And the amount I pay is actually based on the amount that my tax accountant told me I should be paying. So there's a little peace of mind there, too. Like he's, you know, predicting or projecting what I'm going to owe. And in order to alleviate a big payment to the IRS in January, February, March of the following year, I can prepay those taxes and put myself in a good position. 
So I, if if at all possible, and I know it depends on the taxes that you're paying and maybe, you know, depending on that type of tax, it's not an option. But if at all possible, prepay taxes. Number four, file your sales taxes or really any taxes on a schedule. This could be monthly, quarterly, biannually. Not every region or state has sales tax, but in Ohio, we do. The rate is different in each county, but the system as a whole is managed by the state. When we first started our business, and I'm referring to the brick and mortar business I co-own with my sister, the state of Ohio had us filing and paying sales taxes biannually. So it was every six months. Manageable, easy, but you know, in the end, in six months, that amount of sales tax could accumulate pretty high. Now, and I believe it's because of the amount that we were reporting to them and, and obviously our business was growing, now they have it set up that we pay and file monthly. And although it is a monthly task now, it's uh, it's still manageable. It's pretty simple filing system. I can do it online. And I, it's just, it feels good knowing that it's done and it's paid for. For over 65 years, Doris has been a premier distributor of arts and crafts. Since its beginning, Doris has prided itself on being focused on the independent retailer. Let them be both your DIY source and your resource. Their website features trend reports, small business tools, in-store project ideas, and so much more. To best serve small businesses, Doris offers a low minimum order of just $75, and all orders ship at no additional cost. This is why I'm proud to partner with them and I buy from them. I'm excited to tell you Doris has an exclusive offer just for Savvy Shopkeeper listeners. Use promo code SAVVY25 at checkout for 25% off your order. Offer valid through 1231.19. So visit Doris.com today. That's D-A-R-I-C-E.com to see their amazing product assortment at pricing you won't believe. Okay, so number five. With that, my next tip is to schedule reminders in your phone or on a planner. I know this may sound a little bit ridiculous, or maybe it's just common sense. And for that reason, it sounds ridiculous. But every 15th of the month, I have a reminder set in an app on my phone to remind me to file and pay those sales taxes. And then another reminder to pay the IRS prepayment quarterly. Another tip related to this, if you need accountability, is find a biz bestie, someone that can keep you on track. You can hold each other accountable for completing this tax task every month. I'll often ask my sister, and it's not related to taxes, but I'll often ask my sister to be my accountability partner. So uh, a couple months ago, I was working on some projects for a family member, and I was painting a, a dresser for a baby nursery. And I would come home and I just couldn't get myself to pick up the paintbrush. And finally, I told Karen, I was like, I really need you to get me in line. Like, I need you to text me when you know I'm home and tell me to pick up a paintbrush. And she would. She would do it. And it would remind me to just get up, finish the project or work on the project so that I can finish it. But, you know, whatever you need to do, whether it's an accountability partner or just using an, an app on your phone, go ahead and do it and then make sure you're following through with it. Don't just have the reminder pop up and not do anything with it. So number six, use online bookkeeping software. 
If you don't know, there are many online software programs that you can um, use to help you with bookkeeping. Um, There's Wave Accounting, QuickBooks, which I know a lot of accountants recommend. But what's so great about these software programs is that they sync with your bank accounts, your point of sale systems, your Etsy accounts, credit card accounts, PayPal. They sync with so many of those I guess the parts and pieces that make up your bookkeeping, that it gets automated then. And uh, I just recently did a free online workshop. And that's one of the things that I talked about is helping or creating systems and setting up automations in your business. So it makes it easier to run your business. You can kind of sit back knowing that all these things are happening on the back end. And that's what happens when you use an online bookkeeping software program. Normally, it can sync up with all of your other accounts, and it's just bringing the data in, and you don't have to sit there and manually type in every credit card transaction that you're running on your credit card, every transaction that's going through your bank account. It will save you so much time. You, If you're doing the bookkeeping on your own, you do have to pay attention and look for duplicate entries, make sure there aren't any discrepancies, and then reconcile um, the accounts each month. But because of the automation part, it really saves you a lot of time. And if you're wondering about the name of some of these programs, um, like I mentioned before, Wave Accounting is one, QuickBooks is another. I'm sure there's so many more. I think somebody said zero. If what I said sounds like a foreign language in number six about using online bookkeeping software or about duplicate entries or finding discrepancies or reconciling accounts, If this sounds like a foreign language to you or you just cringe, that's a really good sign that you most likely want to hire a bookkeeper. Okay, number seven, set up a system for receipts. And in this situation, I don't care if it's a paper file, if it's an app that you use to scan and store your receipts, just make sure that you're using them. Um, This also reminds me to make sure if you haven't already done it, that all of your business finances are completely separate from your personal finances. The credit card you're using should be separate for your business. The bank account that you're using, everything should be separate. The PayPal account you should be using, it's, it's going to be, you want it to be completely separate from your personal finances. It's the best way to run the finances for your business. But back to setting up a system for receipts, just make sure you're saving them. So for instance, I use Wave Accounting and with that comes a, I guess, a complimentary app or an app that goes along with Wave Accounting and it's called Wave Receipts. And what's so great about that is every time my sister and I buy something for the store, we use the Wave Receipts app to scan the receipt. And then what's so great about it, it then syncs that receipt with the actual transaction and the bookkeeping program. So if you're looking for a way to at least kind of go paperless so that you don't have to keep a a paper file of it, that's a great way. We actually still keep the paper receipts. I just like having a backup system. So set up a system for those receipts. Okay, number eight, use a mileage app. If you're delivering goods, traveling for your business, if you're and I don't even know what qualifies for mileage, but whatever it may be, again, you probably want to talk to your accountant about this. If those things are, if the mileage is is something that you can write off, you definitely want to track it. Speaking of write-offs, make sure you check with your accountant on all the things that you can write off, not just the mileage. 
Taxes can be frustrating and sometimes having to pay them can be infuriating. So make sure you're taking advantage of any and all write-offs, but remember a professional should guide you on this. So I know I can't kind of keep going back and forth because I talk about one thing and that makes me think of another. But number eight is using the mileage app. Okay, moving on. Number nine is you want to make an appointment early with your tax accountant. Uh, if you can schedule an appointment for 2020 now, go ahead and do that and make sh- or make sure you book, book it early in 2020. Yes, you can always or generally or sometimes file for an extension, but I'm talking about good practices in this podcast episode. So today, my advice to you is make that appointment early and get in as soon as possible so that you know it's taken care of. I personally like to get this done and out of the way as soon as possible in the beginning of the year, in the beginning of each year. Okay, and then the last one, number 10, is exactly what I've been talking about in this episode. Use professionals. If this all overwhelms you, go ahead and hire a bookkeeper. Go ahead and hire a tax accountant or invest in yourself. If you feel like you're good enough with the numbers, go ahead and invest in yourself and pay for an online course on this topic pay so that you're really educated and that you know you're doing it correctly. But in the end, I always like the idea of hiring a professional. I know my limitations. I know when I need to ask a professional for help and you should be doing the same thing. Please, please make wise decisions about this aspect of your business. I'm sure there are many other ways, practices and tools you can use to help you streamline and be proactive about your taxes. But this should really be a good start. And I wanted to make sure I did this episode early enough or I guess maybe late enough in 2019 to position or to help you position yourself um, in a really good place for 2020. If you want to see the show notes to this episode or find links to anything I mentioned, I know I mentioned quite a few things in this episode. Of course, you'll find it in the show notes at SavvyShopkeeper.com slash episode six. And again, it's SavvyShopkeeper.com forward slash episode six. If you like what you're hearing, please, please leave a rating and a review. I've appreciated all of them. Now there's over 30 and it's so good to read them. And I really appreciate the feedback. And again, I know I keep saying this, but if you have an idea for an episode, go ahead and message me. I think many of you can reach me on Facebook. There's a contact form on my website, or you can DM me on Instagram. And my username there is at Savvy Shopkeeper. I appreciate it more than you know. So until the next episode, be savvy and boss up. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.